Hi, this is Fostered Hope, and I'm your host, Jordan Huffman. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with Harding University senior, Elena Abbott, about her family's experience with the foster care system, and I can't wait for you to hear all about it. My name is Elena Abbott. I'm a senior uh, interior architecture and design student at Harding University. Um, The day-to-day, I have a part-time job on campus. I'm a part-time student since this is my senior year and I'm just applying for jobs all over the world and hopefully, you know, somebody calls me back, but just the typical run-of-the-mill senior year of college stuff. Yes, ma'am. What is your part-time job? I work in um, the media center on campus, so we do all like the university printing and stuff like that. It's pretty, it's a pretty solid gig. Yeah, that's awesome. I did not know that about you. I rem- I don't know if you remember freshman year. I don't know. I think you were yeah, you were there. I was in interior design for two days. Yes. <laughs> before before I decided that was not my I wasn't gonna be able to handle that. It's hard, and I didn't even get into it. Like, I know that you're constantly having to be, at least when I would talk to Britton Harlow, you know, she was always in the lab or always working on a big project. Yes, we are so busy. What is your senior year looking like with that? Um, well, we just passed um, our program accreditation two weekends ago, so that was a huge feat. We were all really stressed out about that and have been for the last four years so now that that's behind us for another four years that's fantastic right um we've got um our capstone project which is a school year long so we started it in august and we'll present to a panel in may and then um we've got a whole separate healthcare project that we're working on right now oh wow that's awesome it sounds like you're definitely gonna be busy this year but it's gonna be worth it yes it's gonna be worth it let's hope you'll have a good job let's hope you'll you'll i have faith you'll get a good job and you'll you'll not have to be stressed out and you'll you'll have learned a lot at harding i know that i did for the first two years okay so when you dm'd me you told me a little bit about your is it soon to be or now has he been adopted he was adopted on tuesday Oh, that's so, so awesome. Did you want to like release like his name or any information? Because that's up to you and your family. You don't have to. Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. My mom posts that little toot all over the (laughs) internet all the time. His name is Aaron. He will be 15 in January. Okay. And he is a dorky little dork. Oh, that makes me so happy. So you said that he's been in the system. At the time when you DM'd me, which was last Monday, um, so now it's been a little over a week, he's been in the system for 602 days. Yes. And then um, in your home for 407. Mm-hmm. So now he has been, so it's like a year and a half-ish that he's, or maybe a little less. Yes. Less than a year and a half. He's lived with us for about a year and a half, and we... Once it became apparent that there were no family members that were going to come forward, my mom sat down with my biological brother and myself and was like, this is what I'm feeling called to do. He fits in our family so perfectly. This is his home. We've done so much for him. He's done so much for us. It just made a lot of sense. Like he was already there. Right. He was already just, you know, fulfilling his little brother role. Right. So how did your family get into foster care? Is Aaron the first child you have fostered or has this been uh, years in the making? 
So Aaron was our first kid that we had fostered. Yes. Um, My mom had always wanted to be a foster parent. And so she started out by going to, um, we have a big fostering and adopting community at our church in Memphis. Mm -hmm. And so she started out by going to um, their like small group and just learning and listening. And a lot of her friends um, had been going through the fostering and adopting process. Mm -hmm over the past couple years and so once I was in college like stable on my own she had one less kid in the house um she really sat down and started like working on her certifications to become a foster parent and um you know God always laughs at our silly little plans because she was just gonna be a respite mom she wasn't gonna do anything full time she wanted a little girl you know she had all these like requirements for the system and then one day they called her and were like youth villages is the program that we worked with. And um, they were pretty much like, we have a kid that just needs to be loved. Right. He cannot survive right. in this environment anymore. Like you, we, we got to come to some type of agreement. And so she met him over uh, the course of like a couple weeks mm-hmm. and he couldn't read very well when they first met. He wouldn't read out loud, like, when they had their little meet-and-greet mm-hmm. sessions. Um, he was so scared to read out loud because he didn't really know how to read. Oh. He didn't really have any concept of time, didn't know a whole lot. His grammar was really bad. Yeah. And a year and a half later, my mom has gotten him into private school. He's in um, a program for kids who have transferred in from schools that do not have as rigorous of a program so he's a little behind academically he's repeating eighth grade so he's going to be super prepared for high school yes ma'am he was on the football team this past year which was hilarious does not know a thing about football (laughs) but the poor guy is like he's pretty tall and pretty stocky for a 14 year old and so my mom was like no no (laughs) you're gonna join a sports team you're going to make friends (laughs) That is so funny because my brother, I think, you know, like I, we fostered and adopted my siblings Mm -hmm. and my brother did football this year and does not know a thing, but (laughs) he is 12 and he is so, he's still tiny, like, you know, around the size for his age, but like very skinny, very tiny and isn't good. Does not know what's Mm -hmm. going on, hates it, but it's definitely given him like a little, a friend group, something to do, little hobby. So yeah, that's awesome. That makes me happy. You don't have to share this if you don't want to, or if you have like talked to your family and you are not allowed to yet. But do you know Aaron's background? Like how he got into the foster care system, how he's placed with you all? Yes. So there are, I mean, obviously details that can't be explicitly discussed, but Mm -hmm. basically he was with his birth mom by himself from birth to six years old. And then birth mom started participating in lots of illegal activities and then came six more kids very quickly Mm -hmm. and Aaron was often left home alone to take care of all of his little siblings he missed the majority of third fourth and fifth grade Mm -hmm. because there was no one to take him to school he wasn't signed up for a bus route wasn't enrolled anywhere so that's why when he came to live at my house he learned how to read um Thankfully, my mom was a Memphis City school teacher for about 15 years, 
And so she taught uh, K through third. And so this was right up her alley. She was like, all right, this is called the Bernstein Bears. Here we go. But he was eventually removed from his home just for, you know, all of the unstable reasons um, in January of 21, January, yeah, 21. And then he came to live with us beginning of August-ish of 21. So he was in um, a youth villages group home. It was kind of set up like a like a summer camp. Right. Like there were different cabins right. of kids organized by age and they had like a little cafeteria and some classes that they took to help, you know, mm-hmm. try to stay on track academically. But yeah. um, he was so far behind in his placement um, with us was like a little too late into the school year. And so trying to get him into one of the better public schools in Memphis, just it didn't happen in time. And so he was in a not so fabulous public school for his first year with us, which is when he did his first round of eighth grade. But he did lots of tutoring, lots of summer school, so much reading. Oh my goodness gracious. He probably read a million books this past year. But yeah, Youth Villages is where he ended up. He's actually from Chattanooga. There were no temporary placements available in Chattanooga, Knoxville, or Nashville. And so they literally put him on a bus and drove him to Memphis. He'd never been to Memphis before. So he said about six other siblings, so he was obviously separated from them. Yes, they were all separated. Oh, everything I don't know. Together. Yeah. I oh, think wow. the current deal is as long as birth mom is completing her drug rehabilitation that she can get one kid back like every 90 to like 120 days. Yeah, okay. Um, but it starts with the youngest kid. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. So I feel like he, they all, I assume they all got removed from their home when Aaron did. Yes. I feel like that, you said like from about six years old, you know, mm-hmm. till now he was 14, 13 when he Yeah, he's 14, almost 15. So I feel like that's a long time where he had to be like the parent mm-hmm. like to the other children. Yes. And he used uh he told my mom um, one time, Miss Amy, he calls her Miss Amy. He told Miss Amy that mm-hmm. um, he used to be the alarm clock oh. in the house and that he would have to wake his mom up and his mom's boyfriends up for work because they would be too inebriated to get yeah. up on their own. Right. And that he would get in trouble if, he didn't wake them up on time, even though he was, you know, right. eight. Right. Oh my goodness. I can't, I can't even imagine, you know, like I've heard so many stories from, you know, just me being affiliated with the foster care, my siblings, friends of people who are mm-hmm. there. And just every time, like, it just baffles me how this is happening. And then, like you said, he didn't have anywhere to go in the surrounding places around him. So he had to be put on a bus to be shipped. Yeah. For, to hours away and uh-huh. I just it makes me so sad too that we don't have enough people enough people in the system enough people mm-hmm. trying to like at least give these kids temporary homes like it just really is really really sad so does he talk about okay actually it are his mother's rights his mother's rights are obviously terminated for Aaron um mm-hmm. did he have visitation with her at all Yes. So when he came to live with us, he had supervised uh, like Zoom call 
visits with her mm-hmm. because she's still in the Chattanooga area, which is like a five right. hour drive. Um, so he had supervised Zoom calls with her like once a week, but she was not mm-hmm. always able to get on the call. So yeah. came to the point where my mom, Miss Amy, and birth mom exchanged phone numbers. And so they would set up times on their own that worked better for their schedules so that Aaron could chat with her. Um, but she and my mom formed a pretty amicable relationship. And okay. when it came down to there's nowhere else for Aaron to go, no other family members have stepped forward because of some things that had happened in his past. He's was never going to be able to go back and live in the home that his birth mom is currently living in. And right. so um, my mom called birth mom one night and was like, we mm-hmm. want to adopt. We've set up a good rapport with each other. I want you two to still have good communication with one another. I'll make sure that happens right. if he's still in my home. And so she TPR'd. Wow. Yeah. But they still chat, I think. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, though. I'm really glad that he still gets to have some sort of a relationship with her, you know, because mm-hmm. as, as hard and as crazy as it all is, I'm sure, I'm sure there's still a part of him that wants that, you yes, know, definitely. That, that makes me happy that your mom and the birth mom had worked it out that way so that he can, she can still be in his life at some points in some ways. That's awesome. My, my brother and sister, when we were fostering, the mom had eventually, uh, gotten her rights taken away and then fast forward a little bit the dad was doing you know everything he needed to do he was going to all the, mm-hmm. the meetings going through all the programs uh good at visitation really keeping up with stuff and it looked like we had had them for almost three years at this point and what? it looked like you know my mom had sat me down one day because i was what uh this was closer in 2014 so 13 14 years old um mm-hmm. and she was like you know we might lose them like they might go back. And as a young child who's had them for three years now, you know, they're a part of my life. I'm so attached to them. And even just for a year, I can imagine, you know, if that was a situation for you as well, it's like, no, that's like my sibling. Like that's, they're mine, you know? And Mm -hmm. eventually the dad ended up, you know, terminating his own rights and being, and he called my mom one night and he was like, I, there's no other place that I want them to be. Like you can take better care of them than I can. So that was really a blessing. Good. Yeah. Does he, is he able to have any contact with his siblings at all? Mm, I don't think so. No. I wonder if that'll ever, I wonder if that'll ever be able to happen. Does he talk about them a lot? Mm-mm. No, he really doesn't. He only talks, if he talks about his family at all, he really just talks about his mom. Wow. Do you know what happened to the father? Was he never in the picture or? Mm, all of the siblings, I think there are three different dad's total and his birth dad has been out of the picture for a really long time they actually found him in this whole like adoption process because right i mean i i don't know i guess they just have to like look for relatives you know make sure nobody else is like trying to step up and they ended up finding his birth dad so aaron got to meet his birth dad which was absurd because they look identical to each other which was so strange because uh, he had he didn't know <laughs> why he looked like the way he did because right. uh, he was always like I never look like my mom I never look like my mom and then he met his dad and it was like copy paste it was crazy wow. that's kind of, that's uh, awesome that he got to meet him too yeah that was really cool that's really cool 
but yeah, the dad, um, Aaron's birth dad has, um, his own plethora of children Mm -hmm. and was unable to right fiscally be responsible for another human being and so he also terminated his rights pretty quickly gotcha so what has your experience been like through all of this so did your mom sit you down one day and was like hey i want to foster or were you always a part of the conversation uh yes my mom and i have talked about it for a pretty long time it's always been something that I have found very interesting, I guess, if that's the right word. Like, I think it's a really specific way to just improve someone's quality of life. Like, especially in Aaron's situation where he came from, you know, sleeping on the floor and not knowing how to read and never going to mm-hmm. school and all of that. And now he's in private school with a tutor and has two dogs and plays on the football team. And now he's like, you know little mr thriving right exactly and so i wasn't surprised i guess because she also started the process pretty slowly like it wasn't just like one day she was like surprise this is your brother right what she had been talking about it for so long um and my mom's pretty consistent with her follow-through like if Mm -hmm. she if she says something's gonna get done it's gonna get done and so when she first started doing uh the whole like well i'll just be a respite parent my biological brother and I were like, yeah, okay, that's going to last all of like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were not shocked. I don't think um, Alex is my biological brother. I don't think me or Alex ever thought she would end up adopting, but I also don't think we thought it was going to be possible to like expand our family even more. Like Aaron is family. Okay. There's no doubt about right. it. Like he just completes our little square so perfectly he's so funny fits right in he even looks like my mom which i think is hilarious like he just fits in so so perfectly and we didn't have like there wasn't any awkward so is this your room uh are you gonna call her miss amy like he just it was so seamless him coming to live with us that it just it felt right you know yeah have you had any difficulties throughout his stay with you all has there ever been a time where you've been struggling with something relating to him or the system um he's never been an issue I think the hardest part is watching him the first couple months he came to live with us I think he slept with his lights on for like two or three weeks because he was just so scared. Oh, wow. He was in a new place. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously that's terrifying with a new family, these new rules, everything was different. Um, but just all, oh, my goodness, it just how unfair the first decade of his life was, I think is the hardest part. And he, the system, I guess, worked pretty decently in his favor. Like he got sent to a really nice group home where it was small enough that like, people actually cared about him and like made sure he you know showered and then when he got placed with us I just he was so excited his um counselor was based out of Chattanooga like his required caseworker counselor lady yeah um and so she's always been a pain because she has to schedule things like weeks in advance because she has to drive five hours to like meet with him in person she refuses to zoom it's a whole deal but that part has been really challenging, but I mean, honestly, for the most part, it was, it's one of those little cliche, like it was just meant to be like, right. Once the pieces started falling into place, we were like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. Let's make it official. 
Wow, that's so awesome. I'm so glad to hear that your experience has been really, really good and no like crazy bumps in the road, you know, that would <laughs> yes. deter yeah, that would deter any like progress. Uh, yeah. So he came to you guys in 2021, is what you said? Yes, I'm pretty sure it was like August, September-ish. It was around school starting in Right, so you were back to school. Yeah. Okay, so how often, I guess, how far away is Memphis? Oh, wait. It's only like two hours, isn't it? Yeah, it's only a two-hour drive. So I have been trying to be like good big sis. Like I've been trying to be yeah. an intentional part of his life, you know, because I am far yeah. away and our age gap is pretty significant. Right. But he and I actually have a lot in common. He loves to draw. He's really into art. He wanted to be in the band so bad, but my mom was like, um, no, welcome to the football team because he is kind of a little a little pansy just a tiny bit so she was like no you're gonna learn to play in the dirt (laughs) um so we like the same type of movies we have the same sense of humor so he and I actually get along really really well and so I go home I mean probably like every three or four weeks and so whenever I go back we always try to he loves milkshakes he's like a little ice cream fiend and so we always go to Sonic together or like McDonald's and we like get ice cream. Right. Like our little, our Aww. little thing. And you said your other brother, your biological brother's name is Alex? Yes. Okay. So is what, how old is he? He actually, he just had a birthday. I think he's 19. Just turned 19. He's a freshman. Harding this year. Freshman in college. Yes. Oh, okay. Where does he go? He goes here. Harding. Oh, okay. Awesome. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Um, let's go Bison. So, yeah. Let's go Bison's. Um, so he was at home when Aaron came to live with you all. Yes. Oh my goodness. That was hilarious. Okay. They are very different. Um, okay. Alex is Mr. Cool Guy on the baseball team, like has the cute cheerleader girlfriend, like whatever high school jock you're picturing, like that's my brother. And then Aaron is like little nerdy, wants to play the trumpet and draw pictures all day long. Right. And so- Watching them talk to each other is like watching paint dry. Like it is so, <laughs> it is so hard to watch <laughs> because they have nothing in common. They both make such an effort, though. It's so cute, especially once Aaron started playing football, and then they actually had like this tiny little thing in common to talk, like actually talk about at dinner. Um, but yeah, I think Alex's transition was a little bit harder because he was finally like i'm the only kid in the house i can do what i want it's my senior year of high school and then my mom was like "Eh." (laughs) just kidding (laughs) well that's i think that's funny and i think that's also you know character building that's growth so i'm sure that they're oh absolutely yeah i'm sure they're both gonna learn a lot from each other and i'm glad that they still both make an effort they just don't it's like dismiss each other oh yeah after Aaron's adoption on Tuesday, um, Alex was like, wait, does this make me the middle child? Am I, like, not the baby anymore? And my mom was like, yep, sex for you. Oh, <laughs> he's going to be so upset. I know. Isn't that so funny? I was like, way to make it about you, dude. That's hilarious. <laughs> right. Like, we just had this big momentous, you know, occasion. And yeah, <laughs> then, uh, funny. Yeah. my other interviews are either like caseworkers, social workers, um, or people that are fostering mm-hmm. or have been in the system. Okay. And so I, yes. you're more like me, like you've been in my situation. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think yeah. what I'm going to, like what I would ask myself. 
you know, or like what people would ask me. Yeah. Are there any questions that you get often? Like anything that I haven't asked you? Not really. A lot of my mom's like church community, especially is a lot of like, oh, bless your heart, like those type of Southern ladies. And so they're like, I'm sure you just love him. And I do love him, but he is a little brother. You know what I mean? Like, he's a little toot. Right, exactly. Like, always trying mm-hmm. to crush the party and, like, right. make funny jokes at dinner. I'm like, Aaron, no, not funny. You don't even know what that means. No. Right. Right. And so he is fabulous, but it is not all sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. It's really not. Exactly. And then, uh, you know, as you continue to, and he continues to grow and get older, like, you're just gonna, there's, it's never gonna be all great. You're gonna butt heads because now you're family. And, you know. Oh, yeah. I think it's really cool that his name starts with an a too because i'm seeing isn't that so cute yes yes his well he changed his name which okay this is just precious so he goes to um harding academy in memphis now okay and um at the beginning of the year transfer students um get to participate in what they call the bible ceremony where the school purchases you like a nice leather bound bible that Mm -hmm. you're like supposed to carry with you for the next like four years of high school or whatever and um when they asked him what name wanted to be on his Bible, he wanted it to be Aaron Abbott. And that was like before Aww. he got adopted and everything. It was so cute. That melts my heart. Sweet it was real boy. sweet. Very sweet boy. And I'm glad that yeah. it worked out and that, you know, he did end up getting adopted. But even if not, that would have been a great moment, like for your, your family. That's so sweet. Yes. So, so Yeah. Sweet. So now his name is James Aaron Abbott. And my other brother's name is John Alexander Abbott. So oh, they even have the J-A. Shut up. That is Isn't crazy. Perfect. I know. Coincidences like that aren't, I just don't believe they're coincidences. I really don't. Right? I really don't. So closing out. Yes. When I wanted to create this podcast, I was, you know, like thinking, what am I going to do? Like, what's close to me and like near and dear that like I would be interested in that like I have a connection to and then when I came up with this idea I was like well I don't want it to just be completely about one thing or one thing only but I did really want to talk to each guest that I had on I wanted to Mm -hmm. ask them because what I have seen and it's not it didn't really affect my situation that much and it doesn't seem like it affected your situation that much but a lot of individuals and a lot of people that are in the system, affiliated with the system, are fostering, you know, et cetera, they have like little qualms or like issues in their eyes about the system, like the foster care system. So in your eyes or in your words, if if yeah. you have an answer for this, what would be your issue if you had the power to change it with the system? I think my main issue is that there are a lot of people, especially um self-proclaiming Christians who say that they are so willing to help the needy and well what would Jesus do Jesus loved little children right like if you have the time and the money and the resources and a guest room in your house that sits empty 360 days a year foster Mm -hmm. be be a loving figure for someone change someone's life even if it's for only eight weeks be the reason someone gets to have three meals a day like be the reason someone has clean socks to wear to school right I just think that there are a lot of people who not necessarily already in the system but could be involved with the system if they really practiced what they preached Mm -hmm. and took the initiative and allocated their resources Mm -hmm. in a different way 
-hmm. I don't know. That's my one. That's my one pet peeve is everyone's like, I could just never do it. Your mom is so strong. Right. I'm like, you and my mom make the same amount of money a year. Yeah. I've seen the inside of your house. Yeah. You could do this too. Exactly. I have had that exact same thought. I, you know, growing up, since we've had them for so long now, I have heard over the years, you know, oh my goodness, your mom is such a strong lady. I can't believe she does. My mom's a single mom. Same. I can't believe she's taken on, you know, you and two other children and she's just so awesome. Like I could never, that would break my heart. I don't have what it takes, blah, blah, blah. But you do. Mm-hmm. And even the a respite, like if you do have, I feel like we are so conditioned to believe that we can, we should and can stay in our little bubble because we're comfortable because we have more than what we need, but we like the more we like the extra. And instead of giving it where we can, we just don't. And like, I've been, you know, I've been at fault of that too. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying like I'm perfect, but I just, I see it. And especially in this area, since I've been directly influenced and involved in the system, I just, that's my one wish that every kid out there mm -hmm. could have at home. Yes, I agree. I want to thank Elena so much for speaking with me today and sharing her experience about being the biological sibling in a fostering family. If you wanted to know more about Elena, I put some extra information in the description. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram at Fostered Hope Podcast and Fostered Hope on Facebook. We'll be back next Monday with another episode. Do something kind for someone this week.